Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you for the feedback for um, the, the Friday's show last week. We did uh, an expose on the dark, demonic history of Drag Queen Story Hour, how it went from a transgender, so to speak, surgery in the 1950s, the first one, and then laws changed, and then groups and nonprofits, and all of a sudden, uh, drag queens, men dressed up sexually and reading in front of young children. That's allowed now in the public school libraries, actually in the public community libraries and now in the public schools. So we did a little bit of background on that. You might want to go listen to that if you haven't heard some of the history. But we're going to talk about the public schools today. We're going to talk about school boards. We're going to talk about the midterm elections coming up next week. And we're also going to talk about some worldview issues. And before I introduce our guest, Dr. Rick Scarborough is back with us. I want to introduce my new co-host, I should say our, you don't belong to me, but Mary Danielson, welcome for as Thank you. co-hosting the podcast. We're blessed to have you. It's so great to be here, and, and my goal just is to engage the listener uh, to help them understand what's going on in this crazy, crazy world. I mean, we can barely keep up, and I know mm. with everything people are going through in this life, they can't keep up, yes. so let's all just not keep up together. Yeah, so we'll <laughs> do as much as we can, but as Christians, we need to get back to the basics as we've been preaching and, and trying to get the word out for many, many years on this podcast, getting Christians in, engaged in their culture as we see the left has a stronghold. Satan seems to have a stronghold, but he has not won the final battle. We know that. Jesus wins. Jesus is already victorious. And we've got a lot of work to do as we see the direction and the demonic decline of our culture. So with that being said, I want to bring back uh, someone I met, I think going on two and a half years ago now at a Liberty Pastors Conference in Dallas, Texas. What a blessing those men are, Paul and Dan, and all they do there to try to get pastors in the game and, and tackling some of these issues and preaching on them from the pulpit and equipping the saints. But Rick Scarborough is back with us, Dr. Rick Scarborough, founder of Vision America, president of Recover America Now, and national pastor advisor for the Jonathan Project. And he has a podcast called Mixing Church and State God's Way. And that's why this is the heart of our uh, focus for today as well, Mixing Church and State God's way. Dr. Rick Scarborough, welcome back to Stand Up for the Truth. Well, David, it's a pleasure to be with you and Mary. I need to update my resume. Apparently, the, uh, I'm no longer with uh, Jonathan Project. Okay. Uh, Recover America has uh, uh, began to take so much time. I had to step aside, and uh, uh, they're a great organization, but uh, I'm no longer the spokesperson. Okay, well, we appreciate all that you do, and if, I, I want to get to, I'm, I'm thinking about 10 minutes from now, um, I want to get to your brand new YouTube video that you just put out over at your YouTube channel, Recover America. You interviewed two parts, in two parts, a whistleblower from, I believe, the fifth grade. She's a public school teacher. And, guys, I just looked at a couple minutes of it this morning. I, I watched part one. 
part two is even more disturbing. And we're going to talk about that, uh, Dr. Scarborough. But right now, I want to go back and get a little bit more about your background and have you share the story of when you first got engaged in this battle, your daughter was in public school and you, I think, for what you said, you interrupted an assembly program. Let's hear a little bit of that and just how your heart for what's happening in the education system, sir. Well, happy to, David. And uh, if I get uh, carried away, just uh, feel free to stop me. This, You know, when, when you tell a story over the years, they, they tend to grow in length. Uh, but uh, I, I hope I'm not exaggerating a second of this. I I got wind on a Sunday morning that a high school assembly was taking place in the high school where my daughter and son both attended uh, the next day. Uh, I was loaded down with uh, responsibilities, so I couldn't attend to monitor that high school assembly, though I was forewarned that it was it was, it was was going to be pretty explicit. So I sent my associate pastor to the second assembly with permission to attend uh, from, the, from the school. Uh, he went to that second hour. Uh, they had five uh, successive assemblies that day because of the very large high school my daughter attended. Um, he came back to my office just so overwhelmed with the content mm-hmm. that he wouldn't, even, he wouldn't even use the words he'd heard. He wouldn't tell me how bad it was. So he convinced me that my schedule ought to change and I should attend. So <laughs> I scurried down to the fifth of the five assemblies with a dictaphone, which we all carried back. This was 1992, so we, it was pre-cell uh, phone. We carried dictaphones for messages, et cetera. I, um, I set it up on my desk because he told me I ought to record it, so I, I sat back there in the very back of the room in, the, in this uh, kind of a sign. So I had uh, graduated seats down to the front, uh, every level of, uh, rising. I was in the very back. The speaker was at the very front. And my, my daughter, who was a senior in high school, was between me and the speaker. When I saw she was in that assembly, Dave, I did what you'd have done. I said, Scarborough, don't make a scene. Keep your mouth shut. Just record and, and deal with this through proper channels. You know, uh, David and Mary, I, I used to pride myself in saying we had sex education when we were in the eighth grade. Uh, they took all the boys in the boys' gym, all the girls in the girls' gym, yes. back in the window with tar paper. Yep. And they showed us videos of people with uh, actually, uh, third, uh, they were actually uh, 16 millimeter projection images of people with uh, gonorrhea and syphilis, uh, insane, uh, their, their teeth rotting out. They were, uh, they basically said, if you do this, you'll get that. And after an hour of that, it took us three hours of, I should say three years of married life to get over that one hour of sex education. They they just basically said, stay away from it. Well, I thought I'd had sex education. But in 1992, it was a whole lot different. Uh, this young lady, who was t- uh, 24 years of age, I discovered later, uh, was herself infected with what was then called GRIDS, Gay-Related Immune Deficiency Syndrome. It was the GRIDS Foundation of Houston that sponsored her coming to all the high schools and uh warning the kids of, of of the need for them to, quote, use uh, safe sex if they're going to have sex. And, of course, the assumption was everybody does. So I'm sitting there. Uh, she's talking about uh, all of these uh, various uh, sexual activities you can be engaged in, and her, her bottom line was they're okay if you use a condom. Well, she used a statistic about the safety of condoms that I knew was, was not factual. So I raised my hand, and um, she was courteous. She called me, thinking I was one of the principals, no doubt. 
I said, ma'am, where'd you get that statistic? Because it was erroneous, and I knew it was erroneous. She said the CDC went right back into her planned remarks. Well, I immediately raised my hand a second time. And by the way, uh, when Missy heard my voice, my daughter, her, her head nearly snapped uh, <laughs> as, she, as she turned around and saw her dad sitting back there. Well, I could see the wheels turning in her head saying, how long has he been there? What has he heard? Well, at this point, I'm, I'm too far in, engaged to back out. So I raised my head again, only this time she refused to acknowledge me. But, you know, uh, one thing that's hard to uh, uh, to ignore is a Baptist preacher in a room with about 500 students uh, uh, in an assembly where every kind of sex act you can imagine and some you shouldn't imagine is being discussed. Mm. So finally, uh, with a little frustration, she said yes, sir, the second time. And I then began challenging her facts. A teacher rose up to confront my facts. I realized this was not the time for this kind of engagement. So I just quietly excused myself, sat down, but I got it all on tape. And the rest of it is history, uh, Dave and Mary. I, I then went back to my pulpit the following Sunday. I read the transcript to our people after we uh, asked the children to, to uh, go to the gym where we had uh, caretaking set up for them. Uh, our people got so disturbed and angry they wanted to burn the school system down. Mm-hmm. I calmed them down. I wound up uh, speaking uh, to... Uh, an assembly of about 500 people for a school board meeting uh, after spending five days off in prayer and fasting. Uh, another minister uh, who, who assumed he knew what I was going to say built this strong man and then turned it, then tore it down, and it had nothing to do with my concerns. It was his, his assumption that I just wanted to prevent any kind of sex education from going on. All I wanted to stop was false sex education, sex indoctrination. And so out of that, uh, I began uh, being invited to speak around first the city of Houston. Uh, then I formed an organization called Vision America. Jerry Falwell picked me up and started carrying me around the country. And a national ministry was born mm. after 12 years at that church, after building a brand-new facility, baptizing 2,000 people while we fought these battles. We not only took over the school board, but we took over the city council as well. Uh, three of our members went on and served in the state legislature. One died in office, one's still there, and the other one is Randy Weber, who, whose office I, in Washington, D.C., where he's a congressman. I taught Bible study for 18 months wow. uh, up until 2018 when I returned to Texas and created Recover America and began once again mobilizing pastors. Mm. Once I got back, we found out what was going on in the elementary schools, and you've seen the video now. Yeah, uh, We're exposing the, what we heard in 1992 in high school is now common fare for five-year-olds. Mm. And if it's not stopped, our country will collapse morally, mm-hmm. and we're on the brink. So that's what I do. I want to emphasize that was 1992 when you happened to go to that assembly program of, at your daughter's high school. And th- this is not some liberal stronghold that you were living in, right? No, uh, this is you. Yeah. Uh, down in Texas. So, Mayor, I'll let you ask a follow-up question there, but I want to make sure people know here we are in 2022, and so no wonder it's gotten so much worse. They're trying to get to younger and younger kids, and uh, I'll have you ask Dr. Yeah, you know, I was watching um, just over the weekend your presentation called America is Collapsing, and I had to watch it more than once. Uh, You talk about uh, the Anti-Defamation League and that that organization um, and 
you know, the program that they're putting in the schools uh, and how expensive that is and what it includes. And I got to tell you, I'm a grandmother and I grew up in the schools in the 70s and I was shocked at an awful lot of this. Uh, but what you said that really caught me was pastors and followers of Christ are their last line of defense. Oh. And I just For the I, children, that's right. I just read that and it just you know when when someone older like me who's who has never ever expected or seen some of these things in the schools you got to have a reality check. This is what's going on, and I really appeal to parents who maybe grew up in a different era mm. who don't understand how serious this is to do their homework on this, and I'm so appreciative to you, Rick, for bringing this uh, to our attention today. Well, I hope they'll go to our website, recoveramerica.com, uh, and click on that video and watch this. Uh, we, we pixelate her face, and we and we use a pseudonym, uh, not a real name, uh, to protect her because... You know, when, when somebody comes out of the system and exposes what's actually in there, they will come after them. I tell people that if, if, if they'll snuff out the child, a, a pre-born baby's life and sell the body parts, then nothing else they, that, that you would think of is a stretch for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are people who deal, who deal in death. Uh, they're now destroying our children uh, psychologically and even physically with uh, the, the latest um, you know, as abortions go down, uh, the rise of uh, the new money-making industry for Planned Parenthood is child mutilation. Mm-hmm. And there are thousands of doctors that are chopping children up uh, for the money they can make. So uh, if the church doesn't rise up over this, and if pastors aren't stirred to action by this, then our country deserves to uh, collapse. Mm. Mm. I, I say a big amen to that, and that's mm-hmm. why you are so instrumental, your organization, uh, Recover America Now, in, in trying to get pastors to really face, a lot of them have a hard time facing what's going on and then trying to translate that into what they do as the leader of a flock or the shepherd of a flock at their local church, mm-hmm. and that includes what they preach on on Sunday mornings. Um, Rick, you and I have, we've heard uh, Dan Fisher and the Black Robe Regiment presentation and how pastors used to preach from the pulpit and, and make no apologies. We are living in a different time now where we need to get some pastors back to engaging the, the, what's happening in our culture and teaching the whole counsel of God as they equip the saints. Your thoughts? Uh, and that's the reason we uh, travel from city to city and put on these three- and four-day conferences for pastors uh, uh, a lot of pastors sheepishly want to address these issues because they don't feel qualified. So we're we're trying to strip away that uh, that excuse. But the truth of the matter is, a whole lot of them uh, have bought into this lie that that uh, if they'll be seeker sensitive and and uh, and moderate their message, more people will attend. When in fact, the opposite is true. We if we present Jesus Christ and Him crucified, He will build the church. It's not ours to build the church. It's ours to proclaim the truth. And that's being lost by a lot of these pastors today. I love what you're saying about that because it's not about filling the pews. It's not about nickels and noses, as we say. Just you be, you know, the pastors just be faithful to your calling and let God take care of the rest. And I'm I'm glad you said that. And we must obey God rather than men. That's what the apostles, that's an example they set for us. Uh, They did not bow the knee to Caesar. And uh, when they were told not to preach in the name of Jesus, and um, when we're told, you know, 
I've been doing some research, uh, Dr. Rick Scarborough, on the public school systems and how they're not even notifying parents in many cases when a young child is encouraged at the school, I'm not going to say by every teacher, but at the school they're encouraged to maybe consider a different gender, use different pronouns, and there are some school policies we have reported on that that say you do not need to tell the teachers. What do you know about this devious agenda? Well, you're exactly right. Thank God for you sounding the alarm. In fact, there's pending legislation in some states that will enable uh, child protective services to take a child out of a home where the parent won't won't uh, give the permission for that child to have a sex change operation. Now, we're talking about children that, that, that can't take an aspirin without parental uh, permission, uh, being able to change their sex, um, and that's something that will last them a lifetime. And then you add to that the hormonal therapy and all the uh, the drugs that they give them for the transition, mm-hmm. uh, the, the way they take young ladies and cut their breast off. Mm. Uh, the, the Netherlands tried this experiment about 10 years ago, and they decided it wasn't a good idea. And uh, the left, uh, they they have no regard for life. I'm not saying all of them, mm-hmm. but there are many of those uh, at, the, at the front of the battle that don't have any regard for the life of that child. Uh, they have an agenda. Uh, they're trying to sexualize our entire country. Uh, we're undergoing a, 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 a cultural revolution, as certainly as they did in communist China, when Mao Zedong ended up murdering millions of people and turning that country into a communist nation. Uh, this country is undergoing cultural, uh, I should say, uh, a sexual cultural change. And uh, we're developing young people that are being taught to hate their parents because mm. their parents are so out of touch. Yep. And the next step, then, is to eliminate their parents if this continues. We're fighting for the soul of America, and the church must rise up and be heard. Yes. Amen. Dr. Scarborough, I, I thank you for bringing up China, by the way. In America, however, we've got one week until the midterm elections, and we still have a voice, and we still can vote. Um, we only have two more minutes in this segment. I would love for you to just encourage our listeners to get as many Bible-believing Christians engaged in this process and still use the vote and the, our responsibility as citizens, as Christians, next Tuesday. Well, I'll say two things to that. I'm glad to do so. Number one, it is a sin for Christians not to vote. People ask me all the time, well, where do you get that verse? He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is a sin. If you're not going to exercise your franchise purchased by the blood of, of thousands of soldiers who bled and died for this freedom, if you're not going to use your vote, then you might as well move to a country where you have no vote. Mm. But the only thing worse than not voting is voting wrong. Mm. When you go into that polling place, make sure you've looked at uh, the, and you studied the candidates. If you need to, print out a voter's guide and take it in the, the, the polling place with you. But know who you're voting for and vote all the way down to school board elections. Many people vote for the top uh, rung of, of the election because they know those candidates, but they don't take the time to study the lower races. And those lower races more directly impact your life on a daily basis than the upper echelon. Mm-hmm. So vote mm-hmm. and vote with knowledge. That's my advice. Amen. Dr. Rick Scarborough is our guest today. Recover America. Dot com. You can get more information. You can check out those videos on 
YouTube. And in fact, I encourage you to subscribe to the Recover America YouTube channel. Brand new whistleblower video, part two of a fifth grade teacher hidden for her own you know, protection. You're, you probably won't believe what she is saying that's in the school system. Mary Danielson is our co-host. We are coming back in one minute on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Dr. Rick Scarborough with Recover America is our guest today, trying to get pastors engaged and to equip the saints to also approach some of these issues that are affecting generations of children. I want to recommend something that he shared before we get back on the air here, ivoterguide.com, ivoterguide.com. We've got a week, one week, before midterm elections, and we need Christians to get out there and vote biblical values, and we've talked about that a couple weeks ago with Dr. Andy Woods. So, um, Dr. Scarborough, you had a really good balance, what you shared with Mary and I before we got back on the air about how Christians should approach the public schools. And could you please share that approach that you told us about? Yeah, I'm happy to. I, uh, I'm in a little bit of disagreement with some of my uh, colleagues who who are shouting, get the kids out of the public schools, get the kids out of the public schools. I agree with that part of the message, but there's an additional part of the message. Yes, Christians should do everything they can to get their children out of these public schools because they're not educational centers any longer. They're indoctrination centers. And so, uh, parents, uh, if you have to homeschool your child or perhaps uh, start a co-op at your church where you share the responsibilities, uh, there are so many ways. Uh, church buildings are empty uh, five days a week. They, they should be turned into Christian schools. Every church I pastored in my ministry, we started a Christian school in that church. Hmm. And it's so easy, especially up through the eighth grade, before you get into biology and athletics and things of that sort, which become a little more complicated and expensive. Get the children out, but don't abandon the public schools. Mm. Send seasoned Christian adults back into the schools Mm. as teachers, administrators, school board members, uh, administrators. We we, we can't abandon the uh, the millions of children that can't escape these schools because they come from single pan, uh, single parent families. Uh, they're trapped in the inner city. Mm. Uh, all manner of uh, social ills that we have have created in our country that make these children vulnerable. So we can't just wipe our hands of public schools. We've got to send godly people into the public schools and get the children out. And that's the twofold strategy that I'm advocating everywhere I speak these days. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I agree with that. I mean, I think, uh, getting the kids out of the public schools is the priority. Uh, I remember years and years and years ago, I, I would talk to parents about that, um, based on my own experience raising a daughter. And they'd say, well, I want my child to be salt and light. And, <laughs> you know, your child, that's not their job. Your, your job is to train them up in the ways of the Lord. They're not equipped emotionally or in any way in their maturity to be salt and light in that school because uh, bad company corrupts good morals. And so um, they have to, you know, you train them up. That's your job is to train them up. And then uh, if at all possible, definitely agree, get your kids out of the public school. So well, that's exactly right. And, uh, and most of these parents that, that say that, 
and I haven't taken the time to research what their kids are combating. You know, mm-hmm. I used to think we were losing our kids when we went off to college. But, in fact, we are losing our kids mm-hmm. when they go off to preschool. Uh, the left starts undermining everything you've been teaching at home the minute they get control of those children by normalizing the abnormal. Uh, with cartoon characters, and this is what you'll see if you go to our website and watch this video uh, given to us by this undercover uh, teacher who's whose name and face we obscure. But she actually takes us to the websites uh, and, and tells parents where they can find this information. But in the public schools, they now uh, put everything on the, on the same playing field. And you mentioned the ADF, um, uh, anti-ADL, I should say, mm-hmm. Anti-Defamation League, uh, historically created to protect the Jewish people from being abused. They've now written a curriculum and advanced it through our public schools to the tune of about $50,000 for, for the, the use of it, but it's called No Place for Hate. And if you'll check your school system out, you likely have a No Place for Hate uh, award that you've been given. What they do is they, they teach the children all the aberrant behaviors and teach them at the earliest preschool that they should never condemn somebody that has a different lifestyle. They ought to love them. They ought to care for them. They ought to not bully them. The only person that they give you permission to bully is the is the adult who may say that that's wrong. Mm. And you might put in quotation marks, the Bible preacher. Yep. Mm. Anybody that says those activities of Romans 1 is are, are wrong, they're the ones to be hated. And so children, uh, as long as they come home to a strong Christian environment, they may be able to endure that, that indoctrination, or at least uh, be able to neutralize it. It may not come... Uh, step over the line, but the minute they get off to college with all of that foundation laid, and some cool dude walks up uh, talking about uh, uh, freedom, and and now you're not under the, your parents' uh, restrictions, and that child abandons his faith within six months, mm. and the foundation of that abandoning his faith was laid while he was attending some school, which has become an indoctrination center. I want to share with you, Dr. Rick Scarborough, a quote from Israel Wayne. He's uh, one of the leading homeschool uh, movement uh, representatives. He's got a great ministry, familyrenewal.com. Israel Wayne said this, and I'll get your response. Quote, perhaps the strangest invention in the past 200 years is the idea that parents should send their children away from them for over 10,000 hours in their formative years to be instructed by people they barely know. How did we come to say this is what's done, what's average, what's acceptable? This is just what we do in America. Well, (laughs) the reality is, uh, back 30 years ago, when we had intact families, we had strong parental uh, involvement uh, in the public schools, and... um, there was one member of every family that stayed at home while the other party worked. Mm. Uh, schools were a lot different. But over time, because we've fallen in love with the things of this world, we've created a, a lifestyle that demands two working parents. So nobody's watching what's going on at the schools. And while we've been busy trying to pay the bills, go to little league ball games, and raise our families, the left, most of them who never even entertained the thought of marriage, uh, they have sex with anybody they want to, anytime they want to, anywhere they want to, any way they want to. 
they've gone in these schools and began indoctrinating our children. And so uh, what what your um, uh, what the gentleman that you quoted is saying is absolutely correct. We may have gotten away with it a generation ago, but we certainly will not now. Well, and I have to wonder, as you two are talking, what, you know, my heart goes out to these children. I saw those videos, David. Yes. Oh, my gosh. But what are we doing to their psyches as children when you say one thing at home about the nature of life and death and and the importance of salvation and understanding who we are and who God is, and then we send them off to school for the rest of the day or whatever, and they tell them something completely different. And we have children that are depressed, they're confused, they're angry. Suicidal. I, suicidal. And yeah. so I think I really, really want parents to think about the double, you know, double-mindedness and the, the things, the message they're sending to these children who, again, don't have the maturity to process these things uh, and what you're doing to their psyches as children. And, the, and we're reaping the whirlwind as a, as a nation. Well, we are, and um, if we don't right the ship, the nation will be lost. You know, I know that sooner or later, because I, I do believe in biblical prophecy and I preach on the second coming of my entire 50 years of ministry, <laughs> that a day will come uh, when, when the entire world will collapse into a one-world government, which means America has to be destroyed. I just want it to happen on my watch. <laughs> I, I wanna, I'm praying for and working for one more great uh, sweeping revival so that America can be that nation that would send the gospel to the ends of the earth and then the end come. There's a, a, a verse in, in the 24th chapter of Matthew that gives that promise that this gospel will be preached to the ends of the earth. What better nation than this nation to do that? And that will happen only if we have a third great awakening. The first great awakening gave us America. The second great awakening ended slavery. The third great awakening might send the gospel to the ends of the earth. Mm. Wow, great perspective. Mm -hmm. um, you, at the end of the video, by the way, I encourage people to, again, go to the Recover America YouTube channel and watch this video with the whistleblower. We will have that link in today's podcast blog at StandUpForTheTruth.com along with the iVoterGuide.com. But you have a quote at the end from Proverbs chapter 24, Verse 11, which says, Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. Um, you, at the very end, toward the end of that video with the whistleblower, Dr. Scarborough, you put that proverb in there. Would just please remind our listeners why you are so passionate about this issue and how we need to have a sense of urgency. Well, and I would add to that verse that you quoted, that verse we all know, uh, if, if we allow these little ones uh, to stumble, and one verse, one translation says, enter into sin, uh, it would be better for us to have a millstone tied around our neck and thrown into the deepest sea. Uh, God's not going to excuse adults uh, who stand by and watch the children be destroyed. He, he, uh, think about it. Uh, the, most, the safest place in the world, God determined, for a baby to incubate and, and for his, his, his members to be formed, was the womb of his mother. That's now become a killing field, the mm. most dangerous place. Then for those who survive abortion and they're not aborted, they enter into a world where by age five they're being indoctrinated and sexualized so that any perverted action is normal. Nothing shocks them. Nothing frightens them. And, and they're being raised to embrace it. If we stand by and let this evil plan of Satan succeed, 
then we deserve the judgment that will certainly fall. That's why I'm urgent about this. Mm. The Bible says that there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought, or the, uh, the devil, the dragon, and his angels fought. And the old dragon, Satan, Lucifer, was cast down to this earth. But then comes this solemn warning in the 12th chapter of Revelation. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for he knoweth he hath but a short time. But then he gives the promise. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, mm. by the word of his, their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. A decision to trust the blood of the Lamb, a dedication uh, unto death, and and finally, uh, if we do the a declaration uh, that it's Jesus and Jesus alone, if we do those three things, we can prevail. They prevailed in heaven, and we can prevail on earth, but only by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Mm. Dr. Scarborough, I quoted um, Charles Finney, and I will do that uh, in my new article. I just want to get your response to this. Because of the midterm elections, now elections aren't the answer to everything. But we know that someone's morality will be legislated from D.C. <laughs> and we mm-hmm. Christians have the opportunity to influence that process by our vote. Uh, the great Charles G. Finney said, The time has come that Christians must vote for honest men and take consistent ground in politics or the Lord will curse them. Christians have been exceedingly guilty in this matter, but the time has come when they must act differently. God will bless or curse this nation according to the course Christians take. Dr. Scarborough? Uh, he, he, I've quoted that uh, countless times. And um, in his day, he rallied enough uh, Christians to rise up to stop slavery. In our day, we've got to r- raise up enough Christians to vote to stop this madness and reverse the trend. Mm-hmm. And I want to say this. We, we've talked about a lot of negative things. I see evidence uh, that God is at work in our country. Enough uh, independents now are recognizing that the, the message of the left is not working. And they're beginning to, to take note of this. Uh, they've lived now for the last uh, several years in an growingly wicked environment, and they don't like it. Uh, crime in their cities, uh, open borders with millions of, of uh, pounds of fentanyl just flowing across and killing our kids. Uh, they're seeing the the final product of the brewer's art, and they're saying we don't want that. And I'm I'm confident that we unless if this if this election is not rigged and we have a fair election, there's going to be a red wave like you have not seen in your lifetime. I believe the beginning stirrings of revival just may be. In our I hope so, and I, I, I pray for that. Most of our listeners, I'm sure, are praying for that. And we've seen some encouraging signs with Christian parents getting more involved, going to school board meetings. Mary, would you like to yeah, ask? Yeah, I'm really glad to see that, too. It's funny. I had my own little wake-up call during the pandemic, and I'd be going to work, and, you know, the streets are quiet, the schools are closed, and this went on and on and on. And that was a real wake-up call for me because people started to say, well, who's making this decision to put our kids in front of a 12-inch screen to learn? Because they're not going to learn that way. We all know that. I mean, the proof is in the pudding at this point. But that's when I really woke up to what school boards do and how the NEA has such a a chokehold on the teachers, the teachers' union and all that. That's another big problem. But uh, I'm really kind of glad for that, and I'm glad for the news that parents now are saying, wait a minute, who's making these choices for my kids? 
So, Dr. Scarborough, happy Reformation Day yesterday. I remember Martin Luther once said, peace if possible, truth at all costs. So we have two minutes left with you. I would just love for you to share some encouraging thoughts and your final thoughts to get people just informed and engaged. Well, uh, the encouraging words are these. Uh, Christians have not abandoned marriage. There were less divorce among Christians last year than any year in more than a decade. Uh, more children are being born to Christian parents. Uh, we've abandoned this idea of one or two children, and, and families are getting larger once again. So there are some encouraging trends that are taking place. Uh, I would encourage everybody listening uh, to visit that website and watch that video, because it will it will shock you, but maybe it will wake you up, and then send your friends. And then once they see that, maybe they'll see the need to vote for school board candidates that reflect their values. Amen. It's not too late for a nation to be saved. Amen. And I would finally say this is my closing words. God does his best work just after a crucifixion. Don't ever forget that. Mm. In the darkest hour of humanity, Jesus rose from the dead. God does his best work just after a crucifixion. <laughs> Wow. It's, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Dr. Scarborough, <laughs> thank right. you. Thank you so much for your voice and the work that you've been doing tirelessly over the decades. RecoverAmerica.com. God bless you, sir. Lord willing, we'll speak to you again in the near future. And you as well. God bless you. Thank, thank you. Very nice to talk to you. Thank, thank you. you. God bless you. All right. When we come back from our break, friends, we've got a couple articles that Mary and I were talking about addressing. One of them is what Google is doing to censor some of the information that's coming across your newsfeed and your search results. And yes, it's been proven Google is helping Democrats. Uh, the news media also, brand new research. Uh, Gallup poll points out that uh, an overwhelming majority of people don't trust the news media, and there's reason for that. We'll touch on that and so much more when we come back. David Fiorazzo with Mary Danielson on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Okay, let's get to this real quick because we've got to talk about a big election. I think you said Brazil. Uh, we'll get to that. But a report came out, not exactly a news flash. Today's media, trust in the media today is at a record low, all-time low. But let me just jump down to the partisan divide. And Gallup pointed this out. 86% of Republicans view the media unfavorably. They don't, they don't trust the news media. But Democrats, 70% of Democrats still trust the news. Now, I in this article, I, I asked the question, shouldn't this make us wonder why it's such a sharp partisan divide? So why do Democrats trust the liberal media, and I just kind of gave it away there. And why do most Republicans not trust the news media? Because the Democrats control, they, the Democrat-run media influences elections, they influence information, they're purveyors of information, and not just mainstream media. We're talking about the one-party big tech media conglomerate. Big tech, Google, Facebook, Twitter, and all the other ones, even Amazon and others, play into this influence of information. And this new report attached to this, Google now 
has been found to manipulate search results to help Democrats and suppress Republican campaign sites in 83% of the top Senate races right now, one week before the midterms. Mary, your thoughts and anything else you want to share? Well, there's a new uh, thing out there, a new article about what actually is going on. This is very interesting, and it's called, If You Liked Big Brother, Meet Google's Big Mum, M-U-M, as in mum's the word I'm Mm -hmm. getting. Okay, so uh, what it is is they have a new AI model. Uh, It's called Multitask Unified Model, MUM. And, and the vice president of search at Google, I bet you didn't know that was a job, uh, he says, our systems can now understand the notion of consensus, which is when multiple high-quality sources on the web all agree on the same fact. So they, they first unleashed mum to fight the COVID, what they call, quote-unquote, misinformation, by making sure, quote, that everyone saw high-quality and timely information from trusted health authorities like the World Health Organization. By reducing the number of sources to only those who agree with its agenda, Google is able to deliver fast results while getting rid of different points of view. I mean, let's just be honest about what we're doing. Um, Google disagrees with many of its users about what reliable sources or high-quality sources are. And in 2022, um, this article says Google's search is hopelessly broken because the company no longer has any interest in providing the search service that made it a monopoly Uh, giving a ranked list of diverse results, which is what they used to do. But they want everyone to speak into their phone and receive a single answer, the consensus. Mm. That's the end game of all of this Google nonsense. Is And I noticed this. Um, I've been doing research on Google for a long, long time, and I used to be able to do my own homework. So bouncing off on what you said, David, if people say they hear something on the news they don't like and they say, well, I'm going to do my own research. Well, good luck with that. Now you can no longer do that. When I wrote my first book, that was 2011, 11 years ago, I had been researching in the years leading up to that. I've been blogging. I've been writing. I've been finding information. I knew what sites at that time that I felt I could trust. When I started writing my book, I thought, oh, my goodness, I've got to document these. So I got to have to cite these and find out this. If mm-hmm. I mention something and quote something, I got to go look at the website and quote, or put that in there, the book. So when I was searching for these... On Google at that time, 11 years ago, now, again, things I already knew where they were, what website. I would type that in, and it would not show up in the first several pages of search results. I had to scroll through pages and pages of search results. Why? Because the progressive ideology, that worldview, the anti-Christian worldview, you, you might say, that's what comes up in the first, the top search results. That was 11 years ago. I was on to something. I thought, okay. I can't trust this search engine. I've got to look for it myself. And usually about five or six pages into the search, I could get the link I was looking for. For example, a Media Research Center or Turning Point USA or National Review, Washington Times, whatever it might be. When I knew what I typed in, I knew where it was. I just didn't have the link for it that I need mm-hmm. to put in the book. I knew it and it didn't come up. So I want to direct you briefly and then we'll continue this. We have resources on our website. StandUpForTheTruth.com. Over 200 resources you can trust. Go to the website, and at the very top, there's a menu. It's, there, actually, there's one word. It says resources right between subscribe and the word guests. And you can see all the guests we interview and, and have interviewed. Resources, one word. It'll take, to, take you to over 200. But I want to go back and quote Brent Bozell, uh, president of Media Research Center. He said, first, 
researchers caught Google red-handed by proving, now in this case it was emails, Republican campaign emails were sent to spam. Now we've uncovered Google manipulating search results to hide Republican campaign websites while promoting Democratic ones. Now, it's an all-out effort by Google to help a certain worldview, a certain party win elections. But here, understand what they did. They can suppress certain results while allowing and promoting or elevating others to be seen. Mm -hmm. This, friends, is a form of communist policy. Absolutely. This is not American. This is not First Amendment. This is not our freedoms we have of speech and of information. This is bias, and this is communist policy, because as they are suppressing what I would consider conservative views, they are elevating propaganda and the other worldview and other views. And Mary, your thoughts on that? We're in a dangerous time. I don't think we have the sense of urgency we need about these issues. Right. And unless you have have seen the difference. It's really helpful, you know, because we can be a frog in a pot about just about anything where the temperature keeps going up and up and up and up and we don't realize we're boiling. Um, and so if, if it's good to know that it wasn't always that way because uh, people now presume that that's just the way it is. Now, during, don't forget that Google owns YouTube. And during the pandemic, right. if you wanted to watch a video that, that spoke to another side of the coin, uh, we found ourselves saying, well, you better watch it now before they take it down. Right. And that was a natural response on our part. And shame on that yeah. situation. But all of a sudden, overnight, you cannot espouse a different perspective on something like that, a different opinion. Forget it. You're not allowed. It is communism. It is. Well, I think we can transition now. Uh, Mary, you wanted to talk about elections and and uh, what happened. Was it yesterday? It was uh, Sunday. Um, we did a program uh, September 30th called Lurching to the Left. Yeah, when you were in studio. Yes, and we were talking about not only is our country uh, becoming and is far left, as you, you've heard this morning in so many ways, mm. um, but around the world uh, things are lurching to the left. And I talked a bit, a bit about Brazil um, just to see the big picture. So a little background for you here. Uh, Brazil is, this is a big deal because Brazil is the largest and most populous nation in Latin America, half the continent's population and economy are in Brazil. Brazil has a huge economy. They're part of BRICS, which is an economic um, grouping with uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. They have their own currency. So this is a very, very big deal. Mm. They, are, they have the largest military force in this hemisphere after us. Well, they have had um, a conservative. The way we consider conservative, they have had a conservative um, for many, many years. And so I, what I said on that program was, gee, what happens if they lurch to the left? Well, they have lurched to the wow. left. And, uh, <laughs> that Mr. was a little prophetic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mr. Lula, um, who, who was Lula da Silva, uh, he's the gentleman who is running against hmm. um, uh, Mr. Bolsonaro. Um, and I had said at the time, if he wins, Latin America's seven largest economies will be run by far-left leaders. And, of course, you know what's happening in Venezuela. It, they're being run into the ground. Uh, and so now you can look mm. to Brazil, which is a vital economy under Bolsonaro wow. all these years. They will be run into the ground. Watch what happens. Yes, watch what happens because they are going to lose their soul uh, to the left. They're going to become a social justice state. Uh, so this entire hemisphere is going left. Um, so Lula da Silva was the one who started the BRICS economic 
uh, grouping back in 2010. So look out because now South America is lurched to the left as well. Wow. Uh, things are happening, um, and here's what we talked about also before we got on there. We've mentioned this so many times, you and I, that you cannot possibly keep up with everything. So we, we will just try to touch on some information, the basic and the headlines, and here's the perspective on it, without trying to keep up with every. I mean, we we didn't even talk about Israel. You know, I mean, right. that's that's an important topic if you're a Bible-believing Christian. Mm-hmm. But we, we don't have time to address everything on this podcast right now, I think, um, the building's on fire when it comes to America, when it comes to our culture, when it comes to even what's crept into our churches and progressivism. And, you know, just it, it's just really amazing, um, the social justice movement and mm-hmm. what's crept into our churches. I just oh, yeah. just reading in Jude chapter one about contending for the faith. And that's why I love the heart of someone like Dr. Scarborough. Mm-hmm. Can, he just sounds like he's passionate about contending for the faith. And that's what we need to do, friends. And I don't know. We'll, by the way, email us. Um, you can email us comments at standupforthetruth.com. Whatever we can do, Mary and I, to use this vehicle, this tool, to encourage believers not to give up, mm-hmm. not to back out, out of culture, out of the battles, but to help get other people engaged and have the sense of urgency because Alex Newman always uses that analogy. The building's on fire. What are you going to do? It's more like a dumpster fire at this point. But uh, um, And I think don't be <laughs> overwhelmed as parents or whatever. Don't be overwhelmed and... Uh, uh, just do what you can. Pray. Just pray as a family. Pray, Lord, how can we... Pray for wisdom. Yeah, pray for wisdom. Yeah. How, you know, the things we can change, things we can do better. Can we encourage our body, church body to be more engaged? Or, or um, you know, study Bible prophecy. Study the cultural engagement aspect of, of these things and see what God wants you to do because you're here for a reason. We're all here at such a time as yep. this. It's an incredible time to be alive. So see what God wants you to do. Yeah, And I also want to encourage you um, that I know some of the information, especially what, uh, to be honest, Dr. Scarborough was sharing. And if you watch those videos, be prepared. Mm-hmm. Be prepared. If you go to Recover uh, America and their YouTube channel, it's a brand new YouTube channel, just a handful of subscribers. So subscribe to it. He puts out some great information. and He interviewed this. We have some insiders, one from Minnesota, one from Green Bay in the public school system. They send me stuff often. Mm-hmm. In fact, this right here, sent from Green Bay, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion Task Force. That's what the they're putting out in the school system across the board, the district here oh. in this area. What does that mean, equity, diversity, and inclusion? Why is it a task force? What oh. are they trying to enforce in our public school system? But watch those videos that on this um, whistleblower and understand. I think that was in Texas. But understand mm-hmm. what's happening across the country mm-hmm. that we're just not hearing about and get informed, and then you have a decision to make when it comes to your son or daughter if they are in the public schools. But Mary, I was telling you also, we have a lot of young, young families mm-hmm. and moms listening. To, there's kids are not quite school age. I would just love for you, uh, you raised a daughter, and at a very different time mm-hmm. uh, in our country and in the education system, um, we've got three minutes left. Just share your thoughts on giving some young moms encouragement who might be feeling a bit overwhelmed at all that's going on, and they're trying to raise godly yeah. children. Yeah, when my when my daughter was, uh, we we our experience was Christian school and homeschooling, and then her last years were sent, spent in the public school, and we talked to her daily. We said, you know, you need to, you know, what the truth is. You know what mom and dad believe and what you too believe. And we expect, you know, we expect you to um, 
be obedient to what you already know because we'll take you out. I mean, we will take you out of that school, you know, really fast mm-hmm. if we if we see a problem. And in those days, she was going to a middle school that did not give homework on Wednesday nights because churches had Wednesday night services. Okay. A lot of churches maybe don't have Wednesday night <laughs> services anymore, but that's mind-blowing in and of itself. I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Uh, and it, that, so that was the t- that was our time frame. But now my heart goes out to you because it is so hard to raise kids in this day and age. Uh, you have so many strikes against you, you know, out of the gate and all the influences. Keep the influences at home to a minimum. Don't mimic the world because mm-hmm. we're not to love the world or the things in the world. And so make sure Amen. that Amen. your kids uh, be real careful what, what it's going in. Because that's later is what's going to come out of them. You know, what they see on TV, what even kids' cartoons are full of wow. the liberal mindset. So just be careful, uh, little minds, what you think, and mm. little hearts, what you hear. How does that go? Be careful, little ears, what you hear. I, I, just, I am old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's okay. You're, you're not quite dating yourself because some people don't know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah. Uh, as far as that. Re- Sunday school song. Sunday school. Yeah. But yeah, it's just an, an important reminder, friends. Um, don't be overwhelmed. I, I, I love Romans 12, 21. Actually, I love there's a sandwich in Romans 12. At the very beginning, Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the world's ways, but be transformed mm-hmm. by the renewing of your mind. Twelve twenty one. I think it's the last verse in that chapter. It says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's the balance. Don't conform. Amen. Do not be overcome, but overcome mm-hmm. evil. That's, that means we have to do something. Mary, great for, first podcast with you. You're officially broken in and initiated. My feet are wet. <laughs> All right, guys, coming up. Tomorrow you will hear a replay, a rebroadcast with Dran Reese with the Salt and Light Council. She helps get churches and pastors engaged. And I met her at a Liberty Pastors Conference as well. Thursday, Todd Nettleton. He's the Director of Media and Public Relations at Voice of the Martyrs. He'll be with us. And Elijah Abraham on Friday. He just came back from another international trip. He's always got plenty to say. So we will speak with him. A great week as always. God bless you and keep speaking the truth about things that matter.